My fellow Americans, let me be clear. My friend Joe Biden said some things the other day that may have come across as inappropriate. Some might even say racially insensitive. But I can promise you that Joe has nothing but respect for the African-American communities. He even told Michelle and I today that he has several black friends, which was admittedly awkward. However, what I do know is that there are a lot of photographs of Joe Biden with myself. Not so many of me with that other guy. So that should tell you enough. Thank you, and God bless- Hey, excuse me, Barack. Can I just say something really quick? No, 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 no. Joe, just okay. stay away from okay. the mic. All right. The Born to Be Mild Podcast. Hey, hello, and welcome back to another edition of Born to Be Mild. It's the week of May 24th, 2020. With me is Ronald Cabuno, and I am Peter Crawford. Ron, warm weather is abounding. What have you been up to? Well, it's not what I've been up to. It's what I'm about to be doing. I'm about to be hitting the links in a couple hours here. First time all awesome. year. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to be terrible, but I'm going to have a blast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm always terrible when I play golf, but uh, that's that's half the fun for me because it's one of the few things that I'm not uber competitive about. So I just oh, love being man. outside. Dude, I've I've been a uh, I was a high school golfer. Almost tried to do the college golf thing, and I'm kind of the guy that can get out, you know, just hop out of the car barefoot and maybe shoot like a 42, nice. a nine. Yeah, absolutely. Oof, so it's a dream for me. I uh, I I'm gonna be playing with the father-in-law in a scramble today up near Cleveland, and um, I really do like impressing him with my game. You know, hitting the long ball. It's fun to it's fun to have the father father-in-law be in all your game. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do you want to play better than him or do you want to slightly come right in under him? I don't know what his game's like, so. Uh, well, he's all right and he can play and we need him to, especially in the scramble. He's a little older, so we're going to put him at the senior tees where he belongs. Um, because <laughs> okay. that is a distinct advantage. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I wipe the floor with him whenever we play competitively and he just needs my powers uh, for this day. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you're not one of those guys who's like, I'm playing the the wife's dad one on one in basketball. I gotta let him win by two or something. Right. No. And I don't think I'm like that with anyone. I was just listening to somebody who was like, Yeah, I don't let kids win when I play them. I might let them in the game and keep it competitive, but I don't let them win because that doesn't teach them anything. I think no, it might have been, I agree. you know, yeah. <laughs> a, t- a, t- a dovetail from the Jordan documentary. I don't know. <laughs> yes. I think he did say something along those lines, and I'm the same way. I just said I'm uber competitive, so yeah. I totally respect that that approach. Uh, uh, we'll probably uh, bring this up again at the end, but uh, that uh, Jordan documentary ended on a fantastic note. It was really good. Now, I will say this right at the outset that I think Pearl Jam ending it was total bogus butt crap. <laughs> Just the worst idea. But I someone was yeah. like, oh, you know what? Pearl Jam has the Eddie Vedder uh, Cubs tie-in where I guess you could make the case for that. But like, it was so hip-hop-centric, the whole rest of the thing. And then they ended it on this weird-ass song. I was like, what's with that? Yeah, ESPN makes some really strange decisions sometimes. Like, I always think that they uh, have masterfully crafted documentaries, like the 30 for 30 stuff. But every once in a while, they drop something in there that, uh... <laughs> yeah, Pearl Jam had no business being nope. in that documentary at nope. all. Nope. 
I, I mean, it was kind of like, I get it when you want to have this angsty thing when the waves are crashing at the end of it, where it's kind of like uh, almost the end of the Matrix, where you're just like, something's floating off into the distance, but you could tell there's yet to come. The f- you know, it's still in motion kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it, it just didn't need to be that song, I don't think. It was lackluster. Yeah, uh, that didn't spoil the uh, the show for me, but yeah, that Hell was no. that was a little awkward. Now that you bring it up, um, <laughs> we'll get into that. Why don't we uh, start with what you've been up to? What's been going on in your personal life this week? Well, uh, things in Columbus opening back up, and man, they opened back up in a way. It was uh, not not a drop, but an actual gusher. So you're saying everyone was ready. <laughs> oh, people were just like at their front doors with their noses pressed up against the glass waiting <laughs> for that first bar to open. And um, that's fine. Uh, that's their choice. And I didn't go to a bar, but uh, and I've got not gotten a haircut yet or gone to a gym or anything like that. Um, I'm glad that people are able to operate their businesses and get back to what they want to do. But uh, as for myself, I uh, gave myself a little home haircut. Nice. Yeah. I was wondering while I was doing it, and uh, I've, I, I've cut my own hair before. Uh, I don't think I do a great job, but um, a lot of people probably gave this a go, right? During uh, this, I mean, it's been yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Like you've seen some real fails on the internet so, where oh, yeah. people have been screwing up masterfully, but also you've seen like at the outset where people were like. Uh, oh, I guess I have to be able to shave my beard to wear a mask properly. Whoop, there goes the beard. There I don't know how beard. to take care of this thing on my own. Yeah. Um, but no, I actually, I bought a brand new wall little mini clipper. And I hate to say it, but I might have put my barber out of business, dude. I hope he's not listening. I, I've, I've given him the link to the show before. He might be an avid listener. Andre, I'm sorry. I'll try to be back once a month just for, you know, the proper lineup and get things back into place. But I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish here. I'm sculpting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. See, that, that's, that's the point I was going to bring up. All these uh, amateurs uh, with the, the shears in their hands suddenly uh, right. realizing maybe, just maybe, we don't need the overhead. Well, I'm extremely, I'm extremely anal, and I was, you know, a sculpture and design major, so uh, maybe I'm just a little finely in tune with this kind of thing more than most. But I, I know what you mean, right? Were there specific uh, sculpting classes for beards? No, and no one would ever be able to prepare <laughs> you for this wiry, curly ass hair that comes out of my face. That mine's the same way, man. It's like shaving a a, a, a wool sponge. Do I was going to ask. Steel wool? <laughs> yeah, what uh, what do you call that? <laughs> that wool sponge? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the the proper term, is it? <laughs> uh, um, no, but um, you've had like really long hair and stuff at times. So like, what kind of haircut were you talking? Like, did you just get out the clippers, or you had scissors and stuff? I did uh, clippers and scissors. Yeah. I, oh my uh, god! Did you blend things? What's going on here? I yeah, I did. I faded the back. And everything. did you have multiple mirrors in play? Uh, uh, yes, I, yeah. Well, get I gotta get a look at the back. here. Yeah, That's no, this a, I mean, is a pro job. <laughs> this is legit. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking I'm, just a guess and check type system. No, I, I <laughs> shaved. I drew a line for the part on the sides, and I shaved it up, and I, I, I trimmed and uh, kind of uh, uh, blended the the top to be a little choppy. And, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm ready for my uh, my striped pole to put up outside my bathroom. I'm That's good to awesome. Go. Yeah. You, what do they say? You gotta hang your hang your shingle. Hang your, what does that mean? I've never heard that phrase. Uh, well, that is, you know, back in the day, they used to just put out a shingle in the beginning of the day or when they start open their business for the first time or something. And that was, it said MD or 
fucking plumber or whatever that was just you put out the uh it was a sign for your business. It was so a from doctors all the way to plumbers, the shingle was the universal I'm open for business thing? Probably wrong, but I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee you that that's not right, but that's what I I'm can guarantee saying. you it is either <laughs> correct or incorrect. <laughs> no, but um, so like the, the business is reopening is fantastic because the economy is just tanking but i i need to Mm -hmm. see responsible humans and if you don't have responsible humans you have people who are out there to enforce the laws because we saw i think i just saw in germany this week it was one church service that infected 40 people and that is a country who's been fairly responsible about this whole thing um and they reopened responsibly and yeah it's just one incident that spreads it that large and then it's a cedar event and then the next thing you know if you don't have proper contact tracing uh, you've, you've got yourself a problem once again. And I just read this morning that Cuyahoga County has had the most ICU admissions since the peak of coronavirus just recently. So where do we go from here in terms of the balance? Well, the problem is uh, you've got people, we're easing the regulations and people are looking at that as an indicator that this is all over. And that is like the complete opposite of what's happening. Like we're literally still on an incline. Yeah. And uh, because the the regulations are are easing and uh, and people are thinking that oh well now it's fine or they've decided they want it to be fine, mm-hmm. people are going out more and more. And I, I'm seeing a lot of responsible businesses out there uh, with making people sit far apart. They're they're trying to uh, play by the rules. Oh but yeah, t- I mean my local. Uh- favorite pizza place had people sitting outside waiting for their pie to pick up they can't wait inside the tiny little area you know what i mean it's like yeah yeah they care because they care about themselves and and you see people who are like yes i'm doing it for my customers but by god i need to open up but i have to do it responsibly and you're not going to come in here with your brash bravado i don't care and and you know yeah, you're not and, bringing that shit in here. Exactly. <laughs> I've got to see too many people today, and one of you might have COVID. So, um, and the thing is, is uh, I think they're doing it for themselves, but they're doing it because it sounds like, at least here in Ohio, uh, the, they're going to be patrolling and making sure you're trying to follow guidelines. I, I don't know what the penalties are going to be. I know um, Dr. Amy Acton has has tried to come at a lot of different angles with this, and the courts are striking her down now in Ohio. They're basically saying. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, but now gyms are open, so sorry. Exactly. Um, so what does that mean? What does that tell you about the efficacy of of, you know, her her um strength, her office? It tells you that she doesn't have much. Right. <laughs> I mean, But I mean it, like what if it happened 3 or 4 weeks ago when they were trying to buck this law? Would they I think it would have, have been different. A, I uh, hope so. Well, because you know what the the order would have come from her, but it would have then come from DeWine. Yeah, and, uh, but right know, now Dewine is a little more on the side of opening things up, so he's kind of giving him a pass. He's kind of he feels like a true neutral right now, and yep, he, yep, he's doing that. He's playing politics right now, and he has to. Um, but because, and I thank him for what he did uh, during the uh, the couple months when he was able to do something. But at this point, people aren't listening to Doctor Amy, and um, <clears throat> they don't want to listen to her uh, because they they do want to open up, and I'm glad because you know we've got unemployment. Uh, projected to reach like 20% within the next few months. I mean, we're well past Great Depression levels right now. No, so no, no, no. Th- this uh, stuff great, is important. Well, great, it, in, terms of, in terms of unemployment, the Great Depression peaked at like 25%. Um, oh, I thought, reset- it was a, I thought it was great. just under 20. Okay. 
Yeah, it was 25. So it was always one in four Americans were out of work. Um, but, like, well, we're getting there, and we're definitely, that? you know, far surpassed the Great Recession. So we are in a quagmire, oh, yeah. but we're also in one where these things didn't gradually go out of business because we didn't want to frequent them. It was, you know, this sudden event. So that's why everyone's saying that the comeback can be better, but the comeback will not be better unless the unemployment is fixed and people are compensated and uh, people are made whole. Yeah, um, and it's it's hard to blame, um, you know, a, a virus for... Now, the, the problem is you're going to see uh, businesses that are permanently damaged and are going to say permanently closed. And so that is the 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 worst side of what we're seeing now, but businesses that are able to stay open, they are going to see a pretty big boom as months go on and things get more comfortable. I think they'll be able to recover easier than people were during the great recession when everything was financially based. Yeah. And whereas it's, we're in completely, you know, it's apples to oranges, I guess. So we're comparing uh, the, the way the unemployment rose. Sure. But I mean, it's unfortunate that you don't have enough, um, water out there to float these boats until they can safely reopen or until everything's okay. Um, uh-huh. You know, because once that business is gone, that person might be able to find a job somewhere else, but they're not going to be able to reopen that business, and that's going to hurt those communities. And it's definitely affecting the small business owners far disproportionately, uh, far more disproportionately than the large ones. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it was nice that we had the, the stimulus packages and stuff, but you can only do so much for these people. Uh, they've got to get their, their businesses uh, back oh, open. So, But in terms of the enforcement, I wanted to bring up the douchebag of the week. <laughs> Mr. Representative Nino Vitale. He is an Ohio representative to the Congress, I believe over in the Dayton area or somewhere. Um, he actually posted on his Facebook this week, uh, go and follow around the Ohio safety team, you know, DeWine's team that makes sure that people are following the guidance and not endangering others. Mm-hmm. He says, go around and harass the hell out of these people, take pictures of them, sh- you know, shame them for doing their jobs, and then post it right here on my Facebook. And and he had to, like, you know, obviously put some retractions and say, I actually didn't want you to, you know, don't do any harm or don't heckle or blah, blah, blah. But it's like, we know exactly what you mean. <laughs> you mean that you don't respect this process and you don't respect the science at all. What a scumbag. So you're just turning your smug little note. And you, oh, my God. Honestly, I ask everybody, look him up. I mean, if you're, if you're into this kind of stuff, then go ahead and follow him. But if you're not, just go ahead on to his page and take a look at what a smug asshole looks like it should be under the dictionary definition disgusting like can you please make your point in some other way yeah i i I don't know what to say about that that there are so many sensational guys out there that are trying to exploit just the most the awfulest things that they can for self-promotion yeah well of course in congress i mean yeah (laughs) <laughs> Why would Congress be immune to corruption and disgusting behavior? Oh, I just mean like this call to action from citizens against citizens kind of thing. That's how it feels. So like when it, it reaches what into it the elected officials, when it reaches into the medical professionals, the contagion is real. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. So, I mean, the misinformation campaigns are left and right. And how do we know what what is what anymore? Yeah, that's... Uh one of the the big things um, going on with COVID has really not even been just the virus itself. It's been the debate. And we've talked uh, the last several weeks about how there's been a growing 
uh, sense of unrest, um, especially within the right, because everything has to be politicized. And uh, there were several studies being done, because this is really uh, important right now, and uh, been dubbed the infodemic, because everything needs a cool name. Mm -hmm. And And that was uh, by 538, obviously, the people who got the last election, so very right. But go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, come on. You can't Everyone got it wrong. Right? Everyone got it wrong. That I, was I, a big miss. I put I put all my money on Nate Silver usually, and uh, he 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 missed that one too. So, um, so yeah. But uh, the number of tweets um, linking to uh, fake news websites were measured, and what people believed, and um, th- there were several studies done. And, and they for, said I think. Oh, sorry. They said I think that a yeah. third of the misinformation was bots on Twitter just yesterday. Oh yeah, that that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, but the the misinformation out there, it wasn't as alarming to me as the actual true information that about half the population just doesn't believe. Yeah. So it's almost like the opposite of fake news. It's real news that people are calling fake news. And that's even more dangerous to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, we've definitely seen an outbreak of cognitive dissonance in this country. The likes I don't think we've seen in recent history. You know, just in the past four years. That's that's big talk, too, because uh, cognitive dissonance has been huge over the past decade in this country. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the, there's, there's this back and forth. It never seems to end. Uh, and the biggest one right now seems to be face masks. And mm. do you wear them or don't you wear them? And right. um, it doesn't help that the WHO made some statements. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, there's, there's no evidence that... Uh, wearing a mask by healthy people and right away they just that you added by healthy people you shouldn't have said that because the point is we don't know if we're healthy when we have Mm -hmm. this sometimes right but it you know it it may not uh, prevent infection or whatever and the cdc is like yo you have to put it on and it's it's what we've been these two conflicting um reports coming out are giving ammunition to the people who don't want to wear a mask so shame on the WHO, because what we've been saying the whole time is true. Wearing a mask prevents the aerosol and the spit coming out of your mouth when you talk, when you breathe, from going out into the air. It doesn't prevent all of it, but it prevents some of it. It means if you're possibly infected, I know you think you're healthy, you might not be. And you might not be getting other people sick if you got a mask on. <laughs> no, I really... I just don't understand. I mean, they do say that masks are effective only when used in combination with the hand cleaning, because obviously if you're touching your mask with a dirty hand or whatever, you're negating the point. But you cannot cut um, the entire premise of um, asymptomatic spread off at the knees like that. You can't just say healthy people, because like you said, they're presumably healthy people. So what we're trying to do is keep the infected people that don't know it from spreading. How many times do we have to say that? It's insane. Right. And so you have these organizations that are really, you know, oscillating and vacillating between their their stances. Um, and, and then you have them like kind of bungling some of the some of the research like uh, the CDC recently was just getting trounced because they're combining the serology and virology tests in the results and that totally muddies it because just imagine if somebody got both of those tests then they're counted twice Mm -hmm. um and this is basically conflating the people who are currently sick versus who have had it and recovering Mm -hmm. i mean like 
we don't even know where to turn because they don't even know what they're doing at times. It feels like uh, nobody really knows what's going on. We're a bunch of monkeys running around trying to figure out how to cure cancer or something. I I, I don't the, the 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 mask debate to me needs to be put away. That's an open and shut one. Yeah, we should definitely be beyond that at this point. I and it it's shame on the WHO. You know that was so, ridiculous, so irresponsible of them to make a statement like that because you just gave ammunition to every single person out there who's saying, "Well, I'm healthy. I guess I don't have to wear a mask." It's like, yeah, but. <laughs> it's just, oh, they should not have said that. So what we've said uh, this entire time, wear a mask to help others, not yourself. And for God's sake, it's not that uncomfortable, a regular mask. And N95, I, I've tried on now, not very comfortable. I, I understand that. But just putting on a cloth mask is not that big of a deal. It's an inconvenience. You're not being oppressed like a, you know, they're comparing it to like Jews in, uh, you know, Hitler's Germany. Like, Really? Really? <laughs> Is that comparable? Everything goes back to that, doesn't it? It does. It's that or slavery. We always have to go <laughs> to the extreme. Yeah. And uh, we started the week out, in case anyone forgot, with Donnie and the hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> yeah. So Was that like a month ago? Jeez, it feels like it. Feels like forever ago. And he, I mean, do you believe he's still taking it? Um, well, I believe that he takes it probably periodically. I think the dosing is every few weeks for a preventative. And, um, honestly, if his doctor said it was okay, which I don't see how, because just as Nancy Pelosi stated, he is effing morbidly obese. Okay. I don't care what he has to say, but you just straight up his BMI is probably through the roof in terms of where he sits in the categories. He's a large man. What yeah, is he, he's so, six foot two. No, right? he's bigger than that, man. I think six he's three. Like, yeah. I, I think he's a tall dude. Maybe six, four. I don't know. I don't know if he's 6'4". Wow. He probably he's, would. Yeah. He probably tells people he's 6'4", though. So. He's unfortunately... He shouldn't be that tall because it gives him even more leverage and, and, and probably bravado. It does. He kind of stands weird, though. Have you ever noticed that? He kind of, like, sticks his butt out when he stands. He's a child. He stands like a toddler. <laughs> like a toddler at the urinal. <laughs> right. Yeah, he probably pulls his pants all the way down. All the way down to his ankles. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. No, but... um, So, I... I'm not defending anything the president does because I think my head would explode. But what I am doing is trying to have a reasonable approach to the hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin debate. Um, if you are, if you feel that it could prevent it and you're a healthy person, mm -hmm. that's one thing. And then the trials have to be held in that context because as you saw from the VA trial and, and you know, Trump was like, hey, these guys are pretty much fucking dead already. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, And it's true, though. It it's is true. true. It's like they were trying to revive people with this instead of using it as a uh, prophylactic. Um, that is the big difference. So we're talking apples to oranges. So we have to have the debate on the same terms. Yeah. Um, the, the big thing here with uh, Trump still using this really feels like he's being stubborn. Oh, it's just a petulant move. It's just one more thing. It's like the Ford mask thing. That yes. was so great that we were allowed to have little leaked photos of him wearing an effing mask because I will cherish it forever. And then, of course, he has to talk <laughs> about Henry Ford's bloodlines. You know, like, so I don't know what to do. I Like, it's one thing after another. There were, like, five separate incidents just from that factory visit alone. <laughs> yeah, Trump and his, uh, his factory visits, uh, he had the... Uh... Well, let's let's make mention here of uh, 
how he may have rubbed the uh, attorney general in Michigan the wrong way. So great. Um, Lambasted his ass. Yeah. Uh, He had a whole fiasco where he was basically refusing to wear a mask at an auto plant visit up there in Michigan. And uh, the, uh, the attorney general up there in Michigan, um, Actually, I don't know her name off the top of my head. I usually don't know attorney generals off the, off the top of my head. But she said, uh, "He's uh, Donald Trump is no longer welcome here. And she didn't mean the auto plant. She meant the state of Michigan. Absolutely. <laughs> that is some big balls right there for uh, her to be telling him, don't come back to our state. Yeah. Yeah. She said, you know what? Uh, if someone else wants to welcome in him, him in, that's fine. But as for me, if he's going to act this way and endanger the lives of others, possibly no, because he's not above it. And everyone else in there is playing, is, is doing their part. Uh, Dana Nessel is her name. Nice. She <laughs> so, definitely deserves props because shout she, out to she her made for, a, yeah. a very eloquent tear down of the big guy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyways, back to, yeah. Trump and his, uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine. If you're, if you're out there, please, Please don't follow his lead. Um, it's you know it, it it's linked to uh, increased risk of death in coronavirus patients right now. Uh, they did a study with uh, ninety six thousand patients uh, treated with uh, the hydroxychloroquine, and um, they were more likely to su- uh, suffer irregular heart uh, rhythms. Yeah. So um, and cardiac uh... just cardiac problems in general. Mm-hmm. And so don't do it because I don't even know that it helps yet. On the other hand, uh, we have the remdesivir. Uh, information being actually published and released. Uh, we discussed this several weeks ago. We were way ahead of these guys. But um... <laughs> Well, I've been doing a lot of research here in my lab. <laughs> Where'd you get the remdesivir samples? Don't ask. <laughs> the dark um, web is still up and running. <laughs> the, uh, the results are, they're good. Um, it, it takes, uh, as we said before, recovery time uh, down from uh, 15 to 11 days. On average, for hospitalized patients, that's really good. That's yeah. like a thirty-three percent almost increase uh, in the amount of uh, the shortage, I guess, of shortening rather of your your time spent inside those walls and paying those bills. Right. Uh, I mean, like, so essentially, we're going to talk about things that are going to pr- help us before we get the virus, and then after we get the virus. This is an after, and it's a good thing because, you know, we're looking at trying to save lives at this point and not just prevent the, the spread. So there's there's multiple tools in the tool chest right now, hopefully. And, and, you know, obviously they have, what, 14 vaccines in the works or something like that? Yeah, somewhere in that. I feel like the number just keeps growing. Right. Um, yeah. And obviously remdesivir is not – it's not going to be a cure. Uh, it's no. not a treatment in its own right, but you know what? It's something that can help. Uh, and the other thing they've been using is uh, the um, the plasma from uh, people who have developed uh, antigens. Antibodies. Or, yeah. And just yeah. Uh, injecting that into uh, people who are infected. And that's having positive results as well. So we're finding oh, that's, some That's as old it. school as it gets. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Uh, but it's, it's something you don't like imagine us doing in modern times still. But they're doing it and it's working. So... Love it. There's just not enough people, but they've been uh, having right. calls to action for anybody who's recovered in New York, I think, for like a month now. Yeah. Well, they're, they're really trying to get after this um, this uh, antibodies thing right now. That has become one of the, the, uh, the foremost uh, things for uh, COVID right now is finding out who is immune. And currently, there, there's a, a bit of a debate about in immunity certificates. Have you heard about these? 
Um, I haven't heard about these, but, you know, I heard about it in the context of China, you know, a few months ago when they were trying to figure out how they were going to reopen. And because everybody essentially has a dog tag or a chip placed in their ear in China, you know, by this point, (laughs) they know your test history. They know how many tests you've had. They know your exact temperature because they got something up your ass 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah. They know how many times you masturbated and when the last time you had a number two was so. That's right. And they mean the number two for McDonald's. They know that much. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What is that? That's like the two cheeseburger meal. Nobody gets that one. (laughs) <laughs> no, I think they pushed that down into like the kids menu nowadays. They oh, they were they? like, we're selling too many of these small price point items. We got to throw. I think it's like quarter pounder Big Mac, probably right at the top. I'd imagine that makes sense. Um, but so yeah, <laughs> what I was gonna say is that like they were talking about what would the world be like when you find out if you are quote unquote an immune. Does that then give you the re- uh, the rights and responsibilities and freedoms that other people don't get? And then where do we go from there in enforcing that and figuring it out yeah are you like the one guy who's allowed to sit next to somebody at the bar you know yeah you're yeah, in a you movie have to show me your papers well i guess it's like an electronic you could show it like on your phone exactly which, it, which leads me to be like how easy is this thing to um hack to, yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. this is just something on your phone there's no way that people they'll be selling it on facebook one. marketplace they're just gonna be like <laughs> Absolutely. yo be i got immunes i got immunes phones <laughs> you download that download that bucks. new uh, android app it's uh, everyone'simmune.com. Oh God, yeah, that does not. That seems like a very plausible end. <laughs> it's disheartening just thinking about. That would be my big debate against this. But the idea of uh, people being able to show, like, "Yo, I'm good to go," and I guess you go and sit alone at a movie theater or something—I don't know. Yeah, but, but there again, now we're talking about the uh, national registry type things and the invasion of privacy type things that we were speaking on weeks ago, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how many people are uncomfortable with that shit? I mean, I am. Right. And everyone on the right is. <laughs> so I think uh, and also I think they said I think Ohio is one of only like four people who actually disclose the names of covid people. Like you could find out who has had it. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's kind of like this. It's a plus and minus thing where you kind of have to know that if you want to do contact tracing, but and, and other things. But it seems a little bit more invasive than uh, other people have been doing, and I just don't know if the benefits are here currently. I don't think we have enough information yet. Um, we've got to know more about this virus before anything. They're saying now that they, they're saying that they know for sure uh, that uh, the COVID patients now are, if you're testing positive after you've already recovered, you're not infectious anymore. Mm-hmm. So this yep. this is good news in terms of a vaccine. Um, right now we don't we know were, about double double infections right right they're still they, they still don't understand how people have uh excuse me been able to contract uh the virus twice um because you know maybe the antibodies had, hadn't developed yet or what so they're still or, getting into that but. or what if you could get in contact with the virus but not in a viral load large enough to actually affect you you could test positive and then it can go away, and then you can actually maybe just get sick later. I don't know. Yeah, almost like a a, a pseudo vaccine. You just had a really low dose. 
Yeah, and, you kind and of, like it didn't reach the threshold, uh, you know, to make you actually know that you had it. That's possible. I, you know, they definitely have to do more studies on it, but it's it's positive news to hear that uh, the people aren't infectious once they've uh, recovered and maybe been uh, reinfected. Um, yeah, it's great news because Donald Trump said that there will be no sh- there will be no shutdown if a second outbreak occurs. Which so, we, hey, everybody, get ready. Going to happen, right? Because oh my I mean, god, China's already relocking down areas because stuff is getting bad again. Right. So we're talking about a second outbreak, not a second like wave and season. I mean, the outbreaks are going to come way before flu season. So we're going to have a bunch of test cases to where. Uh, many explosions are occurring in localities, and what are we going to do in the meantime when we're all on this reopen kick? And yet, right. a lot of uh, you know smaller places and maybe backwaters and even metropolises are suffering individually. Oh yeah, you could have anywhere from Branson, Missouri, right back to NYC, uh, just Honestly. random little pop-ups, and that's kind of how it's happening again in China. So uh, they're doing what they do; they're locking stuff down again. And I guess we're not going to do that. Uh, Trump nope. said no. But hell, he might not even be really caring anymore. Maybe he'll be out of office by that point. Or at least elected to be out of office. Right, yeah. <clears throat> the lamest duck. Um, yeah, those uh, the lame duck months. Um, so uh, really the last thing going on, I think, this last week was it sounds like the Dems have been really pushing uh, for another stimulus package that they're just not going to get. Um, they want to extend the CARES Act <laughs> yeah. to the end of the year which is the $600 a week on top of the unemployment. Right. We can't do that when we're opening up. No. <laughs> it doesn't no, no, even no. make sense. Can we at least talk about getting people back pay before we talk about forward pay? Exactly. We need My to, God. You're not even giving some of these people incentive to go back to work with the extra 600 a week. No. So, no, you, I was thinking about it myself. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm like, <laughs> like Pelosi, what are you even thinking? <laughs> this is yeah. this is absurd. Of course, of course, McConnell is going to laugh this into the trash can. Right now, so. here is us talking about being middle of the road. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here as progressives, but we understand that you don't want to disincentivize work. We're not it, fucking exactly. stupid. Yeah, everything isn't. Uh, I don't look at everything like from this left perspective. I definitely don't. Um, I, I try to be centrist, but I would say I that think Ron... a left perspective is still fine. Is is and a left perspective has nothing to do with disincentivizing work. Right, like that's where the conflation angers me. Like these people on the right want to tell me that I want to give people everything for free, and I'm sitting here saying no. I just want to let the the less fortunate make ends meet and don't let the 1% take over the country. Well, yeah. And that's always been the view. If you dip your toe into uh, the liberal pool, then suddenly you're all all the way full-blooded communist. Can't do it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. But uh, yeah, we are not communists and uh, I'm not, I'm not for that bill either. And they, they're still talking about possibly another uh, uh, one-time check. And uh, they were discussing forever that $2,000 a month thing. And that's not going to happen. So We'll see. We'll see what happens yeah. with that in the future. That's a TBD story. So, um, and also, yeah, the uh, <laughs> uh, Washington and their uh, ever inept ways has managed to uh, uh, get in on this deal with uh, Battelle to um, uh, get Shell clean, out cleaning money. machines for uh, <laughs> the protective masks. And yeah, all right. So, so why don't we lay out the story for the folks? Because sure. we were all we were all on board with this when it got rolled out. Because S- a, it was great. a local company, but mm-hmm. also it was uh, being 
touted by Mr. DeWine, who we were all for. And mm-hmm. it was really looking like it was going to be a, a lifesaver in terms of us not having enough PPE at the time. Correct. So they were talking about how they were going to be able to take the, uh, what was it? Um, give it a bath in the... Uh... I don't know how the machines worked. Uh, but they they were gonna they, they were the hydrogen to... peroxide vapor that's what it was okay um, so they were gonna steam all these masks and it was supposed to be able to clean them and sanitize them they were still gonna be viable for twenty uses yeah and you have a lot of people talking about how they're only good for a couple and they start disintegrating and Battelle's then like oh you know what it actually was only four times in our field test so far sorry we said twenty uh, and in the meantime. They said their initial quote for I think however many of these machines was forty million dollars. Well, it ended up being ended up being uh, sixty million for sixty machines. Sixty million for sixty, mm-hmm. and uh, we were all on board. The government was like, "Yes, give it. I'll take them. How many can you give us?" And then they're like, "Yeah, oh, but actually, it's going to cost a lot more because we have to like ship them or something. So it's going to be four hundred million now. Is that okay?" Right. And then the Pentagon's like, yeah, that, that's fine. Um, it looks like the ceiling here, though, well, it's going to be $600 million, though. No yeah, more than $600 sure, million. We want to make sure you have enough lunch money, guys. $600 million to 10 times the... And, like, it just cracks me up that they come back with a, a ridiculous number, $413 million, And the Pentagon not only says yes, but gives them three times more than that, what the original act, uh, asking price was on top of that. Can you talk about Uh. resting on your laurels for your incorporation (laughs) or for being part of the Manhattan Project? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like like these guys are riding that for uh, the next century, it looks like. Oh, God. Battelle's got to have like a mafia going on, right? They are. They're running this business. They're a bit of a cartel, yeah. (laughs) But honestly, and then to hear that it wasn't as effectual as they promised it was going to be after all that is so disheartening. Oh, God. They're coming in here like the grifters. You know what? Maybe they were such grifters that Trump kind of respected it. He's like, you know. Right, right. He's like, these guys are going to get a windfall. Let's hook them up. (laughs) But it's just so terrible when you think about all those dollars and what they could have been used for. It's such an immense. It's just. I, I can't call it a waste of money, but it's a it's a waste of too much money is what it is. So absolutely. So what you would do is say, "Give me one, let me see how it works." Yeah, exactly. Or especially especially if you're gonna raise the price ten x. That's where I would the 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 alarm bells would be ringing. I'd say we're gonna slow roll this right now. But it was out of desperation. It was because we sent seventeen tons of PPE to China just a month before that we were shorthanded, and we had to start making this stuff out of thin air. Yeah. So luckily, we had a company that had already been researching this type of stuff, and we're like, "Listen, we got this in the back burner. It's in the closet. If you want us to roll it out and see if we can get it working for you, but it turns out it's going to cost a lot of money." And then it's like, "Wait a second, dude. Prove to me that it works first. Now I got to know that it works. It can't be, yeah." yeah. It's like you order a pizza for 20 bucks and the guy shows up. He's like, all right, it's 200 bucks. And you're like, oh, I forgot the cheese. Also, yeah. Also, (laughs) there's only one slice of pizza. in here. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, just uh, just shows uh, what what shrewd businessmen we are at the American political level. Um, Honestly, speaking of the American political level, what is good old Uncle Joe been up to? Oh, man. Foot and mouth disease right now. He has I a mean, bad case of that. 
But and you know what? It's it's all contextual, but it always is with him. And then you never get to have it when people you know extract the quote. So he's gonna fight a losing battle the more he wants to do this shit. Yeah, he is. And uh, if why don't if, you explain to the folks what if, happened? <laughs> if you haven't heard, uh, Biden was uh, quoted. Um, was it a radio station or uh, some kind I of? I think an it was, he was a, doing? Podcast, a podcast. I think it was Charlemagne the God. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it was. You're right. And uh, yeah. the exact quote that he said was, uh, now I'm, I'm reading this out of context, but uh, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. I love it. Ooh, <laughs> man. I fucking, dude, I love it because I would say the same shit. I'd be like, if you can't figure out who is on your side, then you're a moron. That's what he said. That that isn't what he said though. He said black. that's what he should have said. Oh no, yes, that is should have said. Should have said all day. Oh, he, he, he tried to reel it back, but you can't reel that back. He's like, ah, oh, perhaps I was a little too cavalier. Yeah, perhaps. Joe. <laughs> yeah, and um, then next thing you know, Barry's like, uh, you need me to go out there? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some pictures together, Joe. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, you can't reel that back. The thing is, is um. Those sort of statements, uh, the, these sort of uh, these ultimate uh, exclusions that are, are made by people, the right has been doing this forever. How long have we heard uh, pundits on the right wing saying, if you vote liberal, you're not a Christian? Like, wow, okay, those are big words. Like, uh, yeah. if you don't vote for Donald Trump, you hate America. It's like, oh, those are also big words, too. Yeah, and, and I'd like to live here and think that I'm a uh, just as much of a citizen as you. I, I didn't think that I had to leave just because I don't like this guy. Right. You know? <laughs> I, I guess I'll I'll check out Canada. I don't know. Um, yeah. But uh, and granted, this this becomes worse because we're much more sensitive about race in this country. Oh, it's, far more. It's, it's along the same lines, you know. And I, yeah, this is a race. Gonna... Ooh, that's tough. I know. Luckily, it was from somebody on the left who will hopefully get the benefit of the doubt from much of his constituency and the people that he was talking about. Whereas if it was, you know, on the right, they would be pilloried, but they wouldn't be losing any votes. Do you think that uh, the uh, the left uh, right now currently sort of takes the black vote for granted? Like we've already got them in our pockets, so... Um, so you're, the question is, are we talking about establishment left or new left? Because I think the establishment left took the black vote for granted, but the new left is trying to incorporate as many socioeconomic and, you know, diverse groups as they can mm-hmm. That's fair. into the party. Um, and they really are listening to everybody because, as you can see, Joe is incorporating more and more from other people's platforms like he said he was going to. And people want to talk about how he's just this old, dusty vessel of the past when I'm sitting here saying he is an empty vessel of the future. That's actually a really good way of putting it. You should market that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, yeah, he he espouses a lot of the things that the progressive left right now has been trying so hard to get away from. And they, a lot of them felt so defeated when uh, Biden ended up being the candidate. And you're already hearing from a lot of people that they don't want to vote again. Um, I, they're just as uh, disenchanted by Biden as they were by Hillary, if not more so, because it was twice in a row, even if they hated her more. Um, oh, she is so much more hateable. And I think that you're just hearing those voices come out early because it was such a big deal that she was a turn off the last time. I really think that the turnoff is going to be Trump and people are going to be driven to the polls by their hatred of him. That is my hope. And that is what I'm seeing from some people who are being peeled off of that. You know, I voted for Trump because he's a businessman type of cohort. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to 
well, I don't want to say hope, but uh, people who don't like Trump, like us, I'm going to be hoping that Trump continues to do uh, silly things like what he's been doing with the hydroxychloroquine and kind of showing his bad side. Um, yes. See, recently. Keep being, keep being a toddler. Yeah. He, he's refusing to unveil the Obama portrait. Oh, my God. The White House. Come on, dude. Woo! Doesn't get any more petty than that, That does is it? so petty. Like, that is Tom Petty. Um, mm-hmm. He and it's it's a heartbreaker, a forty-year tradition. That's that's our whole lives, you and I. I mean, and he's Speak just for like yourself, now, old man. I, I'm not gonna. Well, I'm not forty <laughs> yet, bro. <laughs> I'm only thirty-nine um, and a half. <laughs> uh, yeah, but isn't that sick, dude? Yeah, it's just I I understand that we have these uh, these battlefields between, but aren't you supposed to at some level at least be civil? You take the photos together, you you, you pay the homage and the respect to the guys before you. Isn't that what you oh, do? You know what? Yeah, it is, but not in this new age because he, you know, <laughs> let me get let me get this off my chest. Go ahead. This is a man who hates government and is the leader of it. So the norms are out the window. I mean, like, I was listening to Nixon's resignation, I think, this week, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. He's like, listen, for the good of the country, I need to do this. I need to leave. For the health and the prosperity and for, you know, bringing us back together, I need to get the hell out of here. He said that. <laughs> I mean, I can't. Nixon. Can you even the, imagine the, that today? It's who is the boogeyman of the past? Of all other generations, this is the slimiest man alive. Wow. And he said that. Turned around on the plane and put up the, the victory Vs and the, he, he was, was out. out. That's <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I, I can't look back at that administration and read about it and say I think fondly of the man. But, but that's I can't a benevolent say I act. I don't disrespect the way he left, though. I mean, That's what I'm saying. You got to so, go like, out it's with for a little the good bit of, of pride. It's for the good of more than just yourself. And even though he was a just a dastardly evil man, I think he might have had a soul. It was just a tortured one. Uh, yeah, he was a he was a he was real paranoid dude. I think Donald Trump is just kind of ego a and guy. id. He's just a walking id. Yeah, I think uh, everything went south for Nixon when he lost to Kennedy. Uh, he was probably probably a better dude when he was the VP for uh, for Eisenhower. Um, mm. But by the time, you know, he got in the office, uh, he was just a jaded prick. So <laughs> he'd uh, been around a long time. Yeah, Good for him for uh, for walking out of there with a little bit of fucking dignity. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's tough. I can guarantee you that is not going to happen with our current POTUS. Oh, my God. I just wonder if he'll actually leave because we want to talk about how he'll delegitimize de- the God, results if he loses. He's brought up way too often, doesn't it? Is I'm he going to so leave? I'm so scared. <sighs> What kind of thing would that raise? Like, you would have to have some kind of sergeant-at-arms go in and get him? Yeah, yeah. How is this a discussion? <laughs> I can't believe that it is. Because we're dealing with a three-year-old we in are. a large suit. Um, um, we I would got... love to talk about anything but politics right now. What, what else do you got? Well, there, um, there was a major uh, breakout with uh, the woman from uh, Roe v. Wade. Um, oh yeah holy crap name not actually jane roe her actual name is norma mccorvey uh but she was the plaintiff in uh roe v wade uh if you don't know your history the famous Mm. case basically that said uh abortion um is legalized and she she was the plaintiff in that case saying that yeah uh, i'm for abortion or i'm for the the choice i should say no Mm -hmm. one wants to say they're for abortion but i'm for the choice uh for women to have the choice for abortion 
Mm-hmm. And we know how that went. Well, famously in 1995, she came out and uh, publicly and said, I'm actually pro-life. I lied. That wasn't real. I'm, uh, I, I've been pro-life this whole time. I don't think we should be killing babies. And yeah, everyone was like, whoa. Big news. Like, hold on. Like, you were, your name's in the, the whole case. You're the row. Like, how can you? And people were pissed. Well, she is uh, uh, dying on, on her deathbed. She's admitting that at 95, she was paid off by pro-life groups to say that. And she yep. took the buck and she went on air and she lied. And she says, basically, she says, uh, to quote her, I was a big fish. I think it was a mutual thing. I took their money and they put me out in front of the cameras and tell me what to say. It Dance, was all in act. That's I right. did it well, too. I am a good actress. Like, That's well, awesome. Hey, Pat- I'm glad she's proud of herself yeah. and her talents. Pat herself on the back. Give herself an Oscar speech. Um, but think about how many women have been disenfranchised and how many um, people have been led down lives that they didn't need to lead and maybe had to do really terrible things because, you know, now you've given fuel to the fire that uh, this was all just a bunch of crap to begin with. Yeah, it's it's kind of disgusting when you think about the corruption and all of this um it's something it's I don't the, even I, I don't even like to talk about it with other people usually because it becomes everybody's so everyone's so assertive about yeah, this. I'm assertive issue. about it. I'm so assertive about it. You wanna know why? Because I'm a man and I'm assertive in the fact that I don't deserve to have that opinion. I I believe that it's up to a woman. And so if you want to have a debate on abortion, you get all the women in the country together. And you leave all the dudes out of it. And then we find out what they want to do with their own fucking bodies. And I guess what? It's probably going to be 70-30. I'd like to have my own choice, please. That is going to end it. Yeah, I'm definitely for the... As far as the legality of it goes... Now, if it's my baby, and uh, I I like to think the choice is up to the two of us, (laughs) if we're going to get together... But it's not, man. It's fucking not. Ultimately, it's not in this country, but I like to think that I should have a say as well before we get... if, If I, you know, if I'm overruled, I mean, she's got the veto card. But, dog, uh, dog. Know. How often does that happen, though? Never. Oh, I, no, I, I don't think it does. I don't think I. Well, I don't know. You I, know what I mean? Like, how often do you knock up your girlfriend and she wants to get rid of it, and you want, and the dude wants to keep it? It's probably under one percent. I guarantee it. Yeah, you're right. Actually, all the guys I know, I'm not going to name names here, but, but they're uh, they're on the, the abortion other side was of it. their idea. Of course it is. <laughs> of fucking of course it yeah. is. It's always the guys. Guys idea. are scumbags. That's right. They don't want. They're scared shitless of you know the responsibility. responsibility. That's the whole being thing. tied to the woman. They don't want to be tied to one woman. Blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, that was a real little blip, uh, blip in the news cycle. But um, I thought it was important to mention because uh, that was a that was a big thing in '95. Uh, yeah, I was just a kid, but I remember it coming out like, oh, the the woman who was for abortion uh, lied about being for abortion. She's actually not. And, uh, oh, no, you know, she lied the second time. Well, who knows? How many times? Maybe she's such a good actress, she lied again. Like, <laughs> Oh, speaking of, though, we should probably segue nicely into entertainment. Um, sure. I watched a really good movie called uh, Sword of Trust this week because the director, Lynn Shelton, passed away last weekend. She actually passed away, I think, Friday or Saturday evening. Hmm. And this is Mark Maron's girlfriend, or was. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I've been kind of hard on Mark for, you know, kind of being a grumpy asshole who's anti-kid, anti-this, anti-that. Yeah, you said you've been lower on him lately. 
I have, and man, it was really tough because he still came out with an episode on Monday crying his eyes out about losing his partner. Um, And he talked about how he had been taking her temperature and she had been feeling sick and she got a negative COVID test and they were going to go do some blood work the next day, but she collapsed in the hallway that fucking night. And that was the last time he saw her alive. And like, it just was so sad because this was this person who like, um, seemed to actually be making him happy in the normal ways. Like he had a hot model girlfriend one time and then he had some other fiery person who was too young for him. But like this woman was age appropriate and was bringing him around to settling down and understand where it was more grounded, simple pleasures and, and, and enjoying life as you should and not being so discontented. And then this happens it was just, it was a sad story. So, like, I felt like the need to watch the movie, the, her last movie that he starred in. And it was just, it was a really surreal watch. Huh. But it was actually really, really good. A little anticlimactic at the ending, but a very good movie. I may need to check that out. Um, yeah, and Toby Huss is in it, and he plays this crazy southerner dude. He fucking kills it. I think he steals the movie. Well, uh, what's it called again? It's got a great name. S- Sword of Trust. Sword of Trust. I like yeah. it. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm yeah. actually putting that down in my notes. I've been watching uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, man, a kid's show. But that show is incredible. If Wait, I had so a kid, that's not the movie. That's a no. show. Yeah. The The Last Airbender was the M Night Shyamalan uh, film. Uh, that he was he planned on doing a trilogy because there's three seasons of the the show. Um, and this was the first book of uh, book slash season, and uh, it was terrible. Like, it was beyond terrible. Like, 5% on Rotten Tomatoes, terrible. Completely destroyed by fans, critics. Just awful. But the show, actually 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I I knew I had to check it out when it came to Netflix, and then it was number one on Netflix. So I was like, all right. Dude, it's amazing. It's amazing for a show. It's an American uh, cartoon uh, production, but it's drawn in kind of in the style of uh, anime. Anime, yeah, right. and it's the most of it's got kind of an Eastern feel to it as well, um, mm-hmm. but it's got a lot of Western tropes because it is. It was a show on Nickelodeon, so. Uh, but oh wow, it is so the writing is so much better than I thought it'd be. It's funny. If I had a kid, I would love to watch that with uh, he or she, because um, it, it's good for anyone. I highly recommend it. Even I don't care if it's if it's rated as a kid's show. It's adult enough to enjoy. <laughs> it's very good. Lots of fun. Nice. That's cool. I mean, I'm going to have to start getting into that stuff sooner or later because my kid is so damn smart right now. Like, I'm giving her, like, little baby stuff, and she's only, like, 13 months, but she might as well She's, be like, three. doing your taxes for you? <laughs> Ooh, she is so smart. But, you know, she's catching up on a lot of things and starting to get all kind of words. Ooh, I love it. So we're going to have to get some really fun stuff because some of this stuff uh, that she's watching – is a little too simple, I think. Yeah, and and that's the, the stuff that's always the hardest on the adult ears. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why you want to move towards uh, Pixar is great. When you make it for the adults, too, that's when everyone's happy. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? That's how I feel. That's uh, kind of the comparison I wanted to make here. It is like some of the Pixar films or, uh, you know, where there is okay. stuff for the adults. Yeah. And there's jokes the kids are, and the, the themes and the tropes that they use it's fairly adult. They're not going to get all of the uh, allegories that they're making sure. in the show. Like the, the, a lot of things with nationalism and um, it, it's, it's crazy. So. I, oh yeah. And you I can even say it. that going back to like Looney Tunes, 
Like there is so oh, yeah. much adult stuff in stuff those. you didn't get when you were a kid. You you know, <laughs> yeah. you're like oh yeah, Elmer shot bugs in the face. It's like, but now Daffy Duck's a Nazi. Like, right. I was gonna say he's wearing a brown shirt. Uh, <laughs> uh, so did you finish the Jordan? I did. Yeah. Um, I was sad to finish it, man. But one thing that blew my mind more than anything, it felt like a a, a jab was that flu game. That's I'm yeah, not. Yeah, it kind of deflated that. the. It kind of deflated the uh, the aura. Yeah, no, it's got this this legendary uh, status in in sports history, the Michael Jordan's famous flu game. But uh, no, turned out like you, you know, had a little food poisoning. He went out. Yeah, late. I was really hoping that it was a poisoning by the pizza company that delivered him his like octopus pizza or whatever the fuck he ordered. <laughs> Well, wasn't it that something at midnight the night before? It was a seafood pizza. Seafood, it was a seafood pizza, octopus pizza. That's fucking you know, like, hilarious. Like, just why don't you play it safe, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> just, just plain cheese so you can at least see if just anything's in there. cheese pizza. Who, who goes for the seafood pizza at a place they've never been to? In Landlock, Utah. <laughs> I know, right? They, they got Someone food. on TV said, I felt safer ordering sushi in the Pittsburgh airport than I would ordering that pizza in Utah. Of course, yeah. I mean, they've got a lake there that fish can't even live in, but let's go ahead and get seafood. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like... That kind of sucked, but like the rest of it, yeah, man, just all kinds of great revelations, and then all the backbiting that's been happening in the news since everything's come out and yeah. this thing's been played out has been great. It's like, so good. Horace Grant talks about how he wants to fight Michael Jordan. The, yeah, some of the ta- I loved the best parts for me were were when uh they they would have the other guys giving their takes. And then they would just have Jordan in a room watching those takes on like an iPad. Oh, yeah. Hand him the iPad. Be like, here's what Reinsdorf had to say about trying to bring you back for seven. Sitting there cracking up at all of them. Like, oh, my God. I love it. Yes. Yeah. And and, and just his little slights. Like, I had no problem with the glove. Yeah. (laughs) Like talking about Gary Payton. Me and I have no problem with the glove. Yeah. Talking about (laughs) one of the greatest defenders of our time. Oh yeah, yeah. I never. So just to hear that, he yeah, these little me. insights because you can get them. Maybe talk about a couple of things a year, but for maybe for a second or two, but not in depth and not about the history books and not get him back into the feels like he was in this documentary. You could tell he was back in his mind. I don't know if he's like that all day when he's not on camera and just he probably is. He probably just ruminates for a living nowadays. But yeah, um, I think he's you can okay. feel the wheels turning, and he was back in the moment every time he was speaking on those. Yeah. It was wonderful. It was a, it was such a well done uh, docu series. Uh, if you enjoy sports at all, um, especially if you enjoy basketball, you have to watch it. Hell, even if you're feeling nostalgic just about the '90s, watch it. Yes, and if you're feeling nostalgic about needles in your ass, you can watch the documentary about Lance Armstrong starting tonight. <laughs> Good well, actually, no. This will come out on Monday, yeah, so it started last night. Check it out on On Demand. This one is not going to get the reviews that the Michael Jordan one did, but um, it's still going to be interesting. And so. I am a big-time cyclist, and I have followed cycling. I used to follow cycling quite a bit, so I am actually really ready for this because it's not just going to be a shit show like hit job on Lance Armstrong. I'd imagine it's going to tell you the tale of why he ended up having to turn to it. Like, not only was it recovering from cancer, but it was also very prevalent in the sport and has been since its inception. Yeah, the, I think the original narrative that they wrote was only because of the cancer. 
but everyone was doing it. So, no, it wasn't only because of the cancer. Exactly. So it's kind of like a level playing field at that point. Maybe you just happen to be the best cheater, but if everybody's cheating on equal grounds, then you are still winning. Right. It's that it's that 1999 uh, home run race. Yeah, with, uh, and it's also the people who want to open things up for all steroid use you want type leagues nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, if people are going to do it, just be honest about it, and then let's see what happens. I mean, probably a lot of heart attacks and shrunken nuts, yeah. but we're also going to get Big a lot of Big foreheads, back zits. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be entertaining as hell, I'll tell you what. <laughs> hey, they chose it, motherfucker. I didn't do it. Yeah, people have been saying that for years. They're like, dude, just legalize steroids in baseball. I know, but then you just legalize people who are racing to the top for in really unhealthy ways, and that's just not good. No, it's not the right thing to be a proponent of, I guess. Um, some negative news. A uh, this is really something I just kind of wanted to ask you about. Uh, there was a um, a flight that went down. Um, a Pakistani flight went down uh, right near the uh, Karachi airport this last week, and uh, there's a hundred people on board, and 98 of them, and this includes the crew, 100 total people on board. 98 of them died. There are two survivors, and I was sitting here thinking about what. What is it like if you are in a plane, you go through a plane crash, which I can't even imagine, and I try not to because I'm going to be on a plane in a few days again. Yuck. Um, what is it like after you go through that, you get off, they're like, yeah, you lived, just you. Okay, so I have to put myself through the paces because I do put myself through the paces of a plane crash every time I get on a fucking plane. Oh, God. <laughs> I do. I do. Don't you? Yeah. Don't you imagine the plane crashing every time to. you get on a fucking plane? I've got Xanax in hand and a drink coming as quickly as possible. I do too. Ugh. I do too. Because for the the percentages of safe flights that we have, we all know that it's way more safer than almost any mode of transportation. It still still feels like every single fucking plane's going to crash. Everyone. Every time and there's I, turbulence, I, you're like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> I, I do I have my thoughts in order? I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We haven't gotten our references in enough lately, so I appreciate you. Thank you. Oh man, serenity now. <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, so but what yeah, I was gonna say is, go <laughs> so I would have to. I, I'm imagining what it would be like. So, is it like? Am I knocked out and then the next thing I know I wake up in the hospital and I find out? Or is this one of these where I have to pull a body off of me and like I'm missing an arm and I just have to climb out? Like, cause then it's different, right? Mm -hmm. Then I'm not traumatized by the experience in the aftermath as much as I am the guilt of just being one of the only lucky survivors or unlucky for some reason that's still on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it, it, double-edged sword there. Living with guilt, living with... I'd trauma, I wow, the therapy that you'd have to go through to be normal again, or maybe yeah. you're just a total fuck up and it doesn't bother you, and you're just like that hey, would be cool. You know, hey, that's that's I hope that's the person that was on that plane because right. I would you walking know, around. With I big want balls. someone who is the least affected by that yeah, kind of thing because it wouldn't be me. I would be an absolute wreck. Yeah. So um, I, you think <laughs> about like just being in like car accident or something where the other person dies or something. You know, like that's so major. But um, nobody survives plane crashes. What the fuck? How did these two people survive? That's what I, I didn't always even ask. How do you, how do you survive like, a damn plane crash? Now, it, maybe you skid off the runway. You never got off in the air, you know? But if okay. you're actually but if in, you're in the, in the air, air and the plane's going down, I don't know how you survive that. But people do right. somehow. So, and it seems like I saw an emergency landing on a highway this week. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I want to say it was in uh, not Florida. I think it was in like the Metro DC or Virginia. Oh, you know. saw a video of it. Yeah, I saw a plane on a runway. I wanted a, I wanted to hear that you saw it. Like right, like yeah. right on like seventy one South, just like landing right in front of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of these giant cargo planes going to the arsenal base, the armory. Uh, no, but I mean, what do you, what do you do there? Yeah, hopefully you have a a hug patrol come out and give these people squeezes and good feelies every day oh, for yeah. the rest of their I'm, lives. I'm Man. making out with the person next to me. I don't care if it's an old fat man. Oh, on the way down? Yeah, you do something. <laughs> Got to do, do something. something crazy. Like, well, I've never done this before, so I guess it's going to have to be you, man. Yeah, just, well, no. I mean, just take a shit in the aisle. You don't have to make out with somebody. Like, you know, just get get nuts. Do, <laughs> Maybe I could do both. How much time do I have? <laughs> Good question. I would research that um, <laughs> so that you're prepared. No. Yeah, oh, a man. scary situation to think about, so... Um, mm-hmm. I had one more that I wanted to throw at you that I've thrown at you a few times here. That that old that? that old Biden VP pick. It's coming very soon. Oh, I love you for it. So obviously it's gonna have to be someone black now. Now <laughs> <laughs> he's got to get Oprah. <laughs> Honestly, though, Gretchen Whitmer seems so pleasant. Um, she does, and she's she's very informed, and she's got a nice acerbic tongue when necessary. I feel like he'll uh, lose Michigan if he picks her. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't know, but like Michigan looks like it's definitely, uh, leaning Biden, which, uh, Trump cannot win the presidency. I think everybody knows without the state of Michigan. So it might just be a pick based on Michigan alone. And, you know, having an African American certainly wouldn't hurt, but you'd have to look at the numbers and see how much you would be able to pick up in terms of, you know, support for an African American, uh, VP candidate. Yeah. He's still looking for, um, I, I don't know why he's looking uh, for some of these people. Like I've never heard of uh, this uh, Val Deming, but apparently right. she's in the running. Yeah, I've no. Never I mean, like you, there are tiers to someone's national profile, and some people, you know, seem to hit the mark, and some people don't. So right. Stacey Abrams is someone who's like on the fence, where she really made a name for herself, even though yes. she lost. And she is a great person to have on the ticket. Yeah, no, she I is, think she's a good. Uh, she's a good um, money number to, uh, to have on here. But, and so when you talk about somebody who has recognition versus who doesn't, Kamala Harris has more recognition, obviously. but she also catapulted just as quickly as maybe Abrams can if given the opportunity. Yeah, she's uh, – oh, man. She's and a she wild blew her chance, And she blew her chance in the first place. I'm just saying that, like, I don't think if it's you're looking at somebody I, – I, I, I don't either. I don't either because she didn't prove herself to be responsible in terms of uh, utilizing the spotlight when she had it. Right. I think Abrams would be an interesting pick. Uh, I think you and I both still kind of lean uh, as Warren being his safest pick. It sounds I like don't. I'm off of Warren. You're off Warren. I th- hmm. Oh, yeah, because I think Warren would be a fantastic attorney general. I have been swayed, hmm. and I want to see her off the fucking leash. You know what I mean? Interesting. Okay. Like, think about how much uh, restorative power she would bring to the office. I mean, she's got a plan for it, Pete. I know, but you got to win the election first. So <laughs> I'm just saying that she like, might be more well, valuable like gaining that. Like I've vote. been saying, you just roll out the whole cabinet. You you got to show who the whole Toon Squad who's on your team. Um, and so if you have a murderer's row that you know wets everybody's whistle, there's a place for each one of them in the cabinet, and I think hers is best suited there. Yeah, I, I could see her there. 
I, yeah. I guess I really don't have a pick. I guess I'm not going with a uh, uh, Klobuchar anymore because apparently the uh, the black activist groups hate her. Well, she's just too white for them. I guess I guess so. I, that's what they've said. She's Midwest. I guess that you know. I, I feel yeah. like everyone in Minnesota is white, right? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that it? There was like for a while they had a uh, Kevin Garnett there, damn but white. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, no, that's true. So yeah, I I don't really have an opinion. I still think that uh, Warren has major upside. It's good that he's picking a woman because this I don't know what's going on with this Tara Reid stuff, but uh, his attorney doesn't even want to doesn't even want to represent him anymore for this case. So nice. I don't know what the hell's going to go on with that. But uh, that's really I don't know. That's all we have to say about the VP, I guess. For now, we we'll find out. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, and an update in the Arbery case. Yeah. The uh, your uh, voyeuristic cameraman is actually Steven Spielberg arrested. back there. Yeah. <laughs> well, charged with felony murder and criminal attempt to commit false imprisonment. Oh my god. Of As course. He should be. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, this guy just happened to be there. Yeah, he's in on it and he was actually helping like corner this guy in as we found out later. Yeah, th- uh, he, just was pa- he was part of the group for sure, and he deserves to be charged. So, justice being served, and that uh, is a lynching posse, and I cannot wait until justice is served hot and fresh and soon. Yeah, I can't come quick enough. No, I want the jury to be back before they're in there. So, you got it. We see. Uh, we don't have a whole whole lot else here, but I do want to give uh, an R.I.P. shout out to a couple basketball legends. Do it, Jerry Sloan. Jerry Sloan, 23 years, I think, with the Jazz alone. Yeah, I, I didn't know anyone else is the Jazz coach my entire growing up years. And a Bulls, like, Hall of Fame player. Mm-hmm. People forget uh, the guys like Phil Jackson and Jerry Sloan actually also played basketball. Oh, man, watching Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson has two championships with the effing New York Knicks when they were actually good the last time, which was, you know, 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. And watching that tape of him with his hair bouncing up and down and, like, him knocking people over and being kind of a badass – amazing yeah it is it, especially with the zen master peaceful man he seems to be now it's it's cool to see the rough and tough phil totally and then also your boy from uh what was it osu eddie sutton eddie sutton yeah oklahoma state and kentucky uh coach oh the- yeah i forgot about kentucky yeah. you know i'm just thinking about my heyday of the college basketball when i was you know couldn't miss a bracket in a tournament right that that was his Okie state days for sure um but yeah both both guys just passed away within the last couple days so um yeah, some legends. R.I.P. Sad for the uh, the NBA world. Well, Ron, what uh, you got anything else? What's going on for you this week? Oh, man. Well, just back at it. I'm just happy that we're into the uh, 80s. My back is hurting so bad. I have been landscaping. I put in a 12-hour day yesterday, but shit's looking amazing out here. So it's all we're worth finally going to get to enjoy the fruits of our labor. Yeah, it's all worth it. I got a blow-up pool. It's going to be ready for me when I get home golfing. Oh yeah, I'm excited for you, man. Good luck with the uh, <laughs> good luck with the, the scramble. Thanks, man. Uh, longest off, longest drive. That's all I want, so I can win an umbrella or some shit. <laughs> the best um, gift, out, best gift prize you can get is the umbrella. Yeah, and uh, so that's it for me. How about you? Like, what do you got going on? Are you gonna be helping the moms again? I am gonna be heading back down to Florida this week. Um, for those of you not in the know, uh, there was a fire. Uh, at my mother's and my aunt's home down in Florida, and they lost pretty much everything. So um, 
it's uh, yeah, it's sad been a stuff. Tough time. But you're but you said that you know she's got some help down there and a really nice uh, community of people who are you know pitching in to help her out and everything mm-hmm. and giving her place to stay. Re- I mean, it sounds like you got some really friendly people over there helping her out, and she's definitely going to be happy to see your ass again. Yeah, and it's it's so nice to see the stuff the way that people have been acting, and I've I've got a GoFundMe. Um, going on right now that, uh, that people have been just eager to donate to and it's how cool is that yeah when talking about humanity it's like especially online and social media we bicker so much and we're arguing and we're at each other's throats and we're, we're we're just divisive and conflicted about everything but when it really comes down to it we really give a shit about each other people do love one another as a community and when stuff like this happens and, you know, people are, are there holding you up, propping you up and making sure you don't fall down. You see the humanity in people and you realize what bullshit social media can be. Yeah. And when you see somebody in person, it makes all the difference in the world because then they're a human. Right. You don't have that, and, uh, that, that keyboard and that screen dividing you. Right. And it is quite a buffer and a shield almost for whatever you want to lob out from behind it. Anonymity. So (laughs) you got it. So yeah, it's good to see that when people are getting face to face, they're doing the right thing. Agreed. Agreed. Well, that's all I got, sir. So, um, good deal. Yeah. Everyone out there. Um, thanks for uh, sticking with us another week. I hope you keep tuning in. Make sure you comment on iTunes for us. If you'd like to shout out to us, or if you want a, a topic that you'd like to hear us discuss. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because we're always looking for a little bit of incendiary material to bring into the fire. It's the best. <laughs> Ron, where can people Thanks. find us? Oh, well, we are on every platform that you can imagine, anywhere that podcasts are sold and some that aren't. Um, but yeah, so Ryan Little, thank you so much. I love these beats. I think we're going to have him do some more for us just for some bumps because I I like listening to the extended cut of our intro song every couple days because it is so jamming. So find him on SoundCloud. He's the man. And um, until next week, I am Ron Cabuno. And I'm Peter Crawford. Everybody out there, take care. Stay mild. Peace out. Hey, thanks again to all of our sponsors and especially you listeners out there. We love to hear your feedback and love sharing our opinions with all of you. Hope you had fun. Until next week, love you.